right, welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? Forty. Hey, fellas. Ham. Yeah. Hi, guys. And PM's back as well. Yep, I'm back. I'm on fire. Look out. <laughs> All right. Well, this week uh, we're introducing a new format for the podcast. Now that we're into the regular season, uh, we're going to break it up into two pods a week which first we'll do a review of all the uh, round one matches. And, of course, it was the round five matches in the junior reps. And then our second one, which will come out on Friday morning, will be a preview of all uh, the upcoming action, uh, including fire up Ham uh, when he's going to fire up about Manly. Um, So jump straight into this podcast. The news, uh, the agenda is news and then all the reviews. So first of all, in the news, we have Brownie extending with the club. Uh, it looks like he is going to be here until 2020. And then he also has an option in his favour for the 2021 season. Um, so at least he'll be here for the next three seasons, locked in, and then hopefully for a fourth. Uh, your takes, everybody. Yeah, um, coming back after a breakout year for him, just I don't think you can anyone can um, question the signing. That's all pretty much I think it has to be said. Yeah, you go, buddy. Yeah, I'm happy he's uh, re-signed because when we signed him, um, people were saying, oh, we're going on the cheap, and then that clubs could uh, renegotiate with him last year. So I was, a bit, I was a bit worried that he could have done, like, you know, a short-term contract and left for big money. So I'm, ha- I'm happy that he's repaying, you know, Parramatta, you know, by staying loyal, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to be anything but pleased with a, a big extension for Brownie. The numbers haven't come out yet, which is pretty unusual for Parramatta. I suppose less so under Brad Arthur, where we've tightened up those sort of things. But uh, having no figures there makes it interesting. But you, you have to imagine it would be a sizable upgrade without being anything ridiculous. Um, but I know we lost on the weekend, but Brownie produced a pretty solid performance. So it looks like he's ready to pick up in 2018 where he left off from last year. If only had been out there a bit longer on the field. Yeah, that that that'll probably be a big point of discussion later on. But yes, it would have helped if he was out there for a bit longer, even with the heat. And Ham, can we can we hear from you? Uh, yeah, um, just yeah, three year extension after a big breakout year for him. Um, I think he'll be part of our forward pack for a long time, hopefully. Another interesting thing is, does he sign like as a prop top money, like, or are we talking like we talking Paul Vaughan money or Tomalolo money? Like, does he? You I think we're talking about 400 ish a year. I don't think it's anywhere in the realm of 600 even, to a million more, yeah. between those two. I think, I like, I, yeah, I imagine it'd be a relatively team-friendly deal, uh, which is very pleasant given that his production is, you know, in the upper echelons of back rowers. Well, at the back end of last season, he was probably in that top five. Yeah, exactly. Um, locks uh, in the game, and he was only on, what was it, about 170K. So I think it'll be... a a decent upgrade for him, um, more than double. But again, as Forty was saying, it's going to be team-friendly. And on to the next bit of news, which was uh, last Thursday, Daniel Alvaro agreeing to a one-year extension, which Skipper. will see him in, in the blue and gold um, till the end of the 2019 season. Sorry, there's not too much cause for concern given it's only a one-year deal because every deal Alvaro, Walt Pole has yeah. done at the Eels has been a one-year deal. So Yeah, that, that is a really interesting point. Dating back to when he... He came through at Wente after graduating the 20s. Uh, what was it, Ham? Was it 2015 he graduated into ISP? Well, 
New South Wales Cup at the time. He was part. Of, he was part of the 2014 squad that made the semis, but he got injured earlier in the season. That's right. Um, since then, he's he's bet on himself every year. One year extension, and he's come back every every year after that. So he's obviously happy with that uh, sort of standing agreement with the club, and it's working out pretty well for him because he's playing some pretty solid footy. Yeah, what I'm, about sure, I'm sure the club the would want him to um, be signing, you know, two possibly even three year deals. But Danny, oh, I'm assuming it's um, Danny looking for these one year deals and getting to prove himself each year and trying yeah. to get more money um, each year. So, you know, good on him if that's what he wants to do. And I, I have to agree, but it's him betting on himself there because we've done the sort of one-year private deals of other players and then gone on to reward them with a, a longer-term extension. But well, in this like case, Nathan Brown. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, Nathan Brown, uh, Kirisami Avata from last Will year. Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith, exactly. And so, you know, we, we've obviously found a lot of value on these guys, but uh, Danny's very happy to bet on himself, which is a fantastic trait as far as, you know, self-confidence and ability goes. And, I, I mean, it would be nice to have him locked up for longer, but I can't fault the man for uh, backing himself and looking to maximise his value on a year-to-year basis. PM? Yeah. I mean, it's great to have him back. I guess. I mean, the, longer um, at the club, but, you know. But hey. I don't no. he's, uh, <laughs> sorry, mate. All right. And Birdie? Yeah, I guess, like, the only negative I can think of is come November or whenever he can be, he can be, like other clubs can approach him. So that's the only negative I can find towards a one-year deal. Other than that, it's it will keep him hungry, you know, keep him focused that he has to fight, you know, every game. You know, this could be his last year at the club. So, yeah, that's well, if anything point. were to happen to Tim Manor, I assume that uh, Alvaro would be the next up on the squad list to to get that um, insured. Uh, well, sorry, that that money that you can get for long-serving players. No, I don't think he's qualifies. He joined us in 2014. So I'd say Bevan French, Penny Terepo, uh, they're your guys. I'd say Penny Terepo qualifies already as of this year. And I'm just trying to Kaiser think Pritchard who else in the squad would. would. Probably... Kaiser Pritchard, yep, would probably qualify given he dates back to the, the reps. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that'd qualify. be it. They're all pretty, all the um, guys are fairly young and new to the club. That's right, yeah. No, that's so. right. It's big roster change. So, um, all right, well, that'll wrap up the news for this week. So that's the three re-signings to come in the, the week before we kicked off were Will Smith, Nathan Brown, and Polar Bear. Um, now, on to reviews. So I'll kick it off with the uh, junior reps, which was Harold Matthews. Uh, we said they should have a pretty good outing against the Magpies, and it ended up 56 to nil. Uh, Ham, I think you were down there 40. Did you manage to get down there, or it was just no. him? I was bookkeeping the shit out of Saturday, <laughs> so doing a lot of work. All right, Ham. So, what was your takes? Um, the Held Mats, uh, they're looking a lot better this this week. Uh, the the forwards in particular are really impressing me. Uh, Tateo and Tohi, they're absolutely massive units, but they're scoring some long range tries, putting on some big hits. Uh, what was interesting about this game was at one stage we had our fullback Tuapolotu, um, Jacob Arthur. Uh, our centre, Penasini, and um, another player out on the bench and, you know, putting your full-back half centre out on the bench. You know, that's unbelievable. But I think we ended up scoring uh, two or three tries even when they were off the field. So absolutely fantastic from the Harold Mats boys. Can't can't fault that performance at all. They were absolutely fantastic. All right, and then on to the SG ball. They came away 28-18 to 18 winners against again against the Magpies, and that was without um, their uh, hooker, 
Um, so who played hooker this uh, this uh, round? Um, Penny Tohi. He was the dummy half, and usually Jaden Yates uh, comes on for him, but unfortunately, due to an injury uh, concussion to our winger, he had to come on and play in the second row. All right. Um, so the uh, two wins uh, for Harold and that's at SG Ball. Um, hopefully they can carry that on to this week when they play uh, Manly. But again, that'll be uh, sorry the Sharks this weekend for junior reps. Um, on to Tasha Gales. Unfortunately, they couldn't get their first win of the season going down 24 to 30. Um, did you manage to catch that one, Ham? No, that was out at um, Redfin Oval on the same day. So didn't, unfortunately, didn't get to that one because it, sound, it sounded like a, a close game, a good game for the, for the women. All right. Um, then on to what we're all waiting to hear about is the first... Well, the, the, the three grades, which kicked off with the under-20s flag against Panthers. Uh, we ended up 26 to 18, uh, going down after a fight back in the second half. Uh, what were your takeaways, uh, Forty and him? I thought flag had been taking the same lessons as ball, which is really frustrating. Uh, they had just not hanging on the possession, uh, costly turnovers at the wrong end of the field at the wrong times. And they sort of um, handed Penrith the opportunity to take the game away from him early on. Whoa. You all right, Hamish? Yeah, sorry, I was just shutting the door. <laughs> no, sorry, I was just shutting the door. Yeah, we, um, just got we were honestly our own worst enemies. And and it's frustrating because we're, we're a little bit understaffed at the moment. We've got a few players out for injuries and niggles. You know, we've got about five or six frontline players that could be squeezed back into the squad. Uh, at the same time, you know, we could have beaten Penrith. And I thought Dylan Brown and Joe Tapari sort of took a little bit too long to get themselves into the game proper. And when they did, they really put Penrith on the back foot. Uh, the problem was we left it too late, and then we uh, turned over the ball on a late kickoff, and Penrith sort of had a chance to ice the game. So it, it's definitely positive signs. They showed they showed that they're very much still the team they were last year, just need to find a little bit more consistency across the course of the game. And I don't know how uh, Ham saw it, though. Yeah, I, exactly. I was just about to say the same thing. I thought Dylan Brown and Joe Taipari should have been injecting themselves Earlier in the game, I'm not sure um, if that was a case of the dummy half, Jaden Field, uh, not providing the right service or what it was. But when uh, Jesse Cronin came onto the field and played dummy half, I thought yeah. our um, our halves con- connected a lot more. And then that was when we started to throw different shapes and um, got uh, Penrith uh, thinking about a lot of things, giving them different options to take. Um, and I think we ended up scoring two out of our three tries when Jesse Cronin was on the field. So I'm not sure yes. if it's a, a problem with Jaden or if um, we just decided to uh, put it on when uh, Jesse was on the field. But, um, yeah, uh, Taipari and Brown definitely need to inject themselves more into the game, especially with how good they we know they are. All right. I, I missed out on most of that because I was over at the, um, the kids' rides. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, um, on to the uh, Wentworthville Magpies. So they came away winners. Um, there were some farcical moments in that game. Oh, oh. You, had, you had to <laughs> see it to believe it, didn't you? The the, the it the finished kickoffs. off uh, thirty two to twenty four victors uh, with Nathan Davis uh, bagging three tries, uh, Puri grabbing one, and Aono uh, grabbing one himself. Uh, Wenty were up 24 to nil at halftime. 
and then they almost drew level peggings to Penrith. Um, and in the second half, I'll let you take over 40. <laughs> there, there was real palpitations from the grandstands because it was shades of 2017-20 where they ended up missing the eight last year because they would have the competition front runners, top four teams, down by 20-plus points, and then the last 20 minutes would just throw away the lead by doing stupid shit and then going away from their structures and discipline. And it looked like that was going to happen in the second half after a really good first half where they just out and foos Penrith all over the park. But uh, they managed to do enough to hold on, and that, that last sort of 10-15 minute period was just insane. It was like both teams messing up kickoffs. Uh, Ray Stone was just flattening guys left and right. Uh, Nathan Davis scored the world's easiest try from a scrum set piece to sort of secure the game. Uh, it was just madness. I thought, oh, you, you go, mate. Sorry, I was going to say that farcical thing that I was referring to was that Wenty had just scored a try to go in in front and then from the next... Strong well, sorry, to stay in front. Yeah. And then the next set, uh, there was a kickoff uh, to which uh, Anthony Layoon dropped right in front of the posts. Strong uh, goes back to pick it up. And then Storm Stromquist goes back, picks it up, tries to hit the ball up about two metres out from the goal line, drops the ball. The Panthers picked it up and scored a try. Yeah, and on the preceding kickoff, they gave away a penalty because Raystone murdered someone and there was an accidental off, an intentional offside, I think, which gave Wenty uh, the two-score buffer again. It was just crazy. Um, I thought uh, the two young guys stood up massively in that game. Reed Marnie from Dummy Half was electric. He set up at least one try and had a, a key part in repeat sets and some really neat uh, open field kicks. And Ray Stone, who we mentioned before, was sensational. He just ran the ball up tough as guts through the middle and was just... He ended up knocking himself out, unfortunately, in the last five minutes with that huge hit. But he was just cutting blokes down all day. And if you look... Uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a second, but if you look at the team list this week, he's actually been installed as the captain. So they've obviously recognized his ability to uh, steer the team around the park as a leader and rewarded him for it. And I think David Gower as well, I think he flagged this the last two trials, but uh, sitting on that left edge second row position, he was fantastic too. It's it's almost unfair for Gower because he just goes in and does his job every week. And he's such a savvy veteran because you watch how he plays the game and he's not the fastest anymore. He never really was, if you're going to be honest. But he just he knows to take the right shortcuts everywhere. If someone comes up to try and smash him on a hit up, he just rolls. like He, he will just hit and spin through it. He knows how to you know follow the play, so he's always in the right position to, to make a cover tackle, and he just he's a really good player for that team. And he could have easily gotten points if you're doing a 3-2-1. But aside from that, I thought Nathan Davis was pretty good. Scored free, let in a couple, unfortunately. But um, he goal-kicked really well, too. Uh, and who was the other player that caught my eye? I thought uh, it was only small, a small part, but I thought it was... Um, uh, is it Peaky Rogers or Pika yeah, Rogers? Yeah, Peaky. He, he, he moved really well for a big man. So I was impressed with his ability to move at the line. But yeah, it just seems to be um, every week, even in the trial matches, there was um, Stone, Marnie, Gower. Those were the three yeah, always exactly. standing out, and it's good for them to carry it through to round one. But I um, just want to give a big shout-out to Reed Marnie, especially coming um, through his first full game of uh, reserve-grade ISP, and he was absolutely unreal. He was my man of the match. He was playing He's... sort of a quasi-half role as well in some of those attacking sets. Yes. I mean, it was to be expected because he's obviously a dynamic attacker, but given the the relative like greenness and and if we're going to be brutally honest, like sort of low ceiling of our halves pairing of Nichols and and uh, Apuri, who I thought actually played quite well, Apuri, uh, you sort of need to lean on your hooker to do a lot more, and he really produced in that regard. He knows how to really jump down the short side when he sees the defense sort of uh, bludging, and he punished him a couple of times that way. 
and he put in some long kicks into touch, uh, which you'd expect a, a number seven to be doing at the back end of the game just to slow everything down, get some cool heads to a scrum base and just finish them off. Yeah, he, he's a very good, very good player. And I, I, size is the only real knock against him, but he is tough as nails too. He's supremely fit. I mean, like top five across the entire club fit. And he doesn't like, he doesn't shirk away from any contact. So I don't expect him to play NRL this year. But if dire circumstances called for it, I don't think he'd let us down by any token either. All right. And we'll move on to first grade, which was a tale of two halves. Uh, the final score being Panthers 24, Eels 14. Eels with two tries to Hoffman, one to Norman. And Moses kicked one from two. He was off the field when Norman scored. And Norman with one from nil. All right. I'll just run through the full-time stats, uh, which saw the Eels with a slight bump in possession. Uh, completions at 67%. Uh, time in opposition half, we were a little bit under 40. Time in opposition 20, 12 minutes to Panthers 15. Uh, Panthers outgained us almost uh, 2,000 metres to eight, 1,850 metres. Uh, goal on dropouts, we forced one. Uh, penalties conceded, uh, we went down 10 to 8. And there were no 40-20. So it was a pretty even contest on the stat one, sheet. It was one 40-20. I was, was in the it? stance. Was it? Are you sure? I was in the I'm reading, stance. I'm, I'm reading this off the Cumberland throw. <laughs> yeah, there, there was one 40-20 there. Nah. I was there. Ah. Oh. Come on, guys. Ah. Oh. Come on, guys. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> That'll be the last time I make that uh, joke. I'm sorry. I don't get it. <laughs> Because <laughs> Forty's name is Forty Twenty, and he was at the ground, buddy. Oh, oh yeah, bro. I got twenty, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you'd need to be drunk to find that funny. Um, anyway, so let's go through. We'll start the first half, uh, which saw us with uh, glut of possession. Our completion percentages were a lot higher. We spent a lot of time down on the Panthers line and came away with three tries. Uh, the big talking point is Mitch Moses having his head taken off uh, late um, off the very first set. Um, but we overcame that to put on three tries. Um, what were your takes on the first half? Well, it took 20 minutes for Corey Norman to bust my prediction of the year that he will go trialless. <laughs> and Josh Hoffman is saddled off with, I was just, yeah, Hoffman saddled off with two tries. So Hoff dog's got to eat, boys. Yeah, I, I tipped you to have 16 and he'll be a top try scorer. But um, other than that, like, we dominated them. Like, they dropped the ball, but our tries, like, you know, they were off, like, set plays. Their ones, they were off, like, broken, you know. Yeah, like, um, exactly. You know, like, and, like, the really shitty lapses in concentration on the defensive side of the ball, and they sort of capitalized on it. It was frustrating, yeah. On, on that point, Bertie, uh, the injection of Hayne onto that right edge uh, created all sorts of dramas for Panthers' left-edge defence. Um, they were trying to outnumber him, or at least he drew two or three players, leaving Hoffman pretty much untouched on both of those tries. Um, that's something that we can definitely run through moving forward. I thought Norman, for the first 20 to 30 minutes, was just so dangerous on that left side. He um, threatened yeah, the constantly, line constantly. constantly probing, yeah. And then uh, did manage to push through untouched for his try. Um, Ham, did you have any other takeaways for that first half? It was 
I mean, I see PM saying it in the comments, but it was like a training run for the first 20, and he's right in regards. We just sort of went bang, 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 and all, you know, and we also missed another try where Hoffman nearly took that sensational sort of tap down regather, but it just caught the hand of the opposing. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, it was absolutely the right call. Yeah, I have no drums for that, but it would have been another try. Uh, and then there, there were two turning points in the first half for me. The first was when we made that huge break down the right edge and Tep just, you know, drops the pill as he tries to transition the grip to pass to Bevan French on the inside, who goes under the posts untouched. And the second one was when Jenko, who, you know, is usually pretty rock solid in regards to discipline, just drops a lazy shoulder into Josh Mansour. And it was absolutely the right call to come back and blow better penalty from the referees. I'm not blaming them for this. But Penrith had knocked on on that, you know, really aggressive kick return down their right edge, and it comes back for a penalty. And from there, and then Wonga, results Wonga, in a Wonga, try. Blake, Wonga Blake scores a try off a terrible pass that's knocked back 15 metres. And uh, I think it was Manu and Cam King dropped off the tackle and left Bevan for a big one-on-one that he nearly made. But, you know, that was just the story of the day. You know, we sort of had our chances and at the start we capitalised on them and then after that we went away from what made us such a, a threatening team. And, yeah, it was just really frustrating. Uh, and, you know, we, we lost uh, Mitchell Moses for 25 minutes total, 15-minute HIA assessment, 10 minutes in the bin, which he was correctly bin for once again. The the refs weren't exactly bad in that game, I have to admit. Uh, it was just, yeah, very, very frustrating. All right. And so the talk of that second half, uh, Panthers, well, I don't know if it was Hook or Gould, but they pulled the uh, the trick card out, which was to keep Regan uh, Campbell-Gillard and Viliami kick out on the bench and then um, shift them in just before half time. That proved crucial in that their starters completely overpowered our uh, bench players, in especially Matungi and um, and our new recruit, Kane Evans, uh, both having uh, absolute shockers. So I'll just go through the second half stats, which had Panthers with a glut of possession. Panthers completed at 75% in the second half, us at 62. Uh, Panthers spent 30 minutes in our half, and we spent 10 minutes in theirs. Uh, time in opposition 20 was 10 minutes for Panthers, almost 11 minutes to 4 minutes for us. Uh, they outgained us in the second half by almost 500 metres. Uh, and then, of course, we uh, conceded five penalties, given that we were on the defensive side of the ball the whole half. I guess that doesn't really um, strike out. Of course, you're going to uh, commit a lot of penalties when you're, when you're defending and dropping the ball on every set. So bench rotation, that's the big uh, question marks coming out of this this half. You think BA sort of uh, might have let himself down a little bit in that regard. Yeah. I don't think um, that's an unfair criticism. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think we should be... Yeah. Bench rotation has been... I suppose if he had to be critical of, of BA as being his one, you know, quote-unquote weakness. But I think we definitely got it wrong on Sunday because Mana, Alvaro and Brown were dominating the Penrith pack and you need to keep at least one of those three on, I think. Well, if you're going to rotate in your, your impact forwards, you still need someone to control the ruck and unfortunately both Scott couldn't do that for us on Sunday. And Bertie? Yeah, just... I want to say it's rotation, more like our bench. So I've made it clear um, on Discord that you either start Scott or you drop him because what you bring, what you need off the bench, you need look at Kikau, what he did off the bench. Like he brought energy, he was hard to tackle. What does Scott bring? Like he just plugs a hole. Like so, you either start him or you don't have him in the seventeen at all. You know, and that was the difference. You know, their bench players they look like dangerous. You know, they hard tackled. You know, they're breaking tackles and it's just. I don't know, like, 
I think the heat got them because usually Brown, Alvaro, and Mana are not off at the same time. They usually like one of them stays on. So I think the heat just got to them and they needed a break. So it's just I think he has to look at his bench and try and try and readjust it. You know. Well, possibly Kane Evans would have played that Villiami kick-out role in providing, you know, a bit of impact from that. Was Villiami, he was on the right right edge, I think. So it would have been left edge. So Edwards would be playing his opposite if he were to come on. Um, obviously, he wasn't in the team and Takarangi came on. And that's no um, knock against Takarangi. He had a fairly good game, obviously playing some time in the halves while Moses was off. Uh, I think he was pretty dangerous on that right edge too. He set up um, Moses went off. Try, didn't he? He's really, That's right. Really nice cut out pass to, to Hoffman. Well, well, Takarangi, well, he he has to be on the bench now because look what happened. Mitchell Moses came off the head off the head HIA. He filled in. Mitchell Moses came off uh, the Simbin. He can go straight into the halves. So I reckon he'll be on the bench for the rest of the year because that's what we need. He can even play in the back row, so he can fill all positions. And it was a smart decision to pick in him, not picking Scott. Yeah. Um. Just on kick out, he's obviously a huge player, absolutely fantastic in attack. Um, we didn't throw anything at him in defence, so you know That's how right. would how would he be going? I don't want to talk about them too much because it's not it's not about them. This is about us. We needed to hold if we hold that ball even for you know three or four more sets. They don't get it. They don't get it in on our forty meter line where they can attack, and it doesn't sap as much defense out of us. You know, we tried to play too fancy, and that is why we dropped the ball. And that's you know we should have put that game to bed by doing what we were already doing because we were dominating them. But that we tried to throw those you know those cute balls around the ruck. We tried to go out wide when we hadn't um, we, earned the right to go we, out wide. Uh, that's exactly right. We dominated Penrith by smashing up the middle, then going wide. And then, as you're saying, we went away from that, and that's when the errors started to come out, and the fatigue started to creep in because it was just all we're doing was defending. Yeah, and I, I don't think um, we shouldn't be going back to over discipline because, and that is also a, a problem. We want to play paramount football, but we want to earn the right to play paramount football, and I think that's where we went away from, and that's where um, our halves, our dummy half, our captain, or our captains should be saying, "Look, we need to go straight up middle here. Um, we're not getting anything from anyone. We need to go." bang, 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 kick to the corner, chase hard, and then make them bring it out of their half, uh, which they were doing very well. All their backs made over 100 metres. That's that's another point I wanted to touch on, is that we went away from what managed really great in 2017 was our long kicking game. And I don't know if it was a tactical decision, but it sure felt like it because every mid-range kicking option was a, a big bomb towards Dylan Edwards, who I've never taken as someone that was particularly weak under the high ball. And we, we sort of didn't have a great chase on it. We weren't pressuring the sideline and looking to slow the game down once we were behind. Well, not even behind, but once the fatigue factor became, you know, an issue. All we did was go for the, the big midfield bomb and Penrith sort of thrived off that with some really dangerous kick returns. Yeah, Dylan Edwards is great under that high ball. Um, I don't think I'd saw one bomb not defused yeah. Um, yeah, all on game. Sunday. So there, there, there was one, uh, was it the second half? It would have been the second half that... It was in the midfield, and Hayne Hay got a chance to bat it back. Mitchell Moses had to run it over the sideline. Yeah, halfway. that's right, yeah. at the 40-meter line. So I think that was the, the tale of the second half, is that we were just turning out either from the finish of our set, we weren't kicking deep and to the corners like uh, Nathan Cleary actually put it back on us. He was returning the ball, so we had to carry it out from within our 10-meter line, 
or we were just simply dropping the ball. Um, and and then it's just it's just not good enough from the bench, unfortunately. Matungi and Evans, they they might be their first game of the season, but simply not good enough. Evans Evans gets a pass mark for me because I know that the systems that we want that we run are very demanding for our props off the ball, uh, and it's his first game at Parramatta. And if, even if you look back to Nathan Brown last year, he wasn't bad by any means, but he wasn't a dominant player for us until what would you say about two months into the Premiership? Yeah, about that. Uh, I think that's round, when he started. Round seven, um, round eight. Uh, started in thirteen as well. That's right. He sort of he took the the lock position from both Scott and never looked back. So I'm willing to give you know Evans as as many as six weeks really to find his groove in that regard. But you know Matangi's been in the system for over a year now, so it was disappointing to have that drop off in intensity around the middle. But that comes back with our, our three most consistent ruck performers, uh, Mana, Alvaro, and Brown. And unfortunately, we had him off at the same time. And Brown, obviously, the conditions might have played a part in it. Because if you look at his numbers, they were still sensational, despite the fact he played sub-60 minutes, I think. He um, he got a, he got a nod in the New South Wales Rugby League, uh, like their weekly sort of origin team. I think he picked up a bench spot because he made 150-plus metres and nearly 30 tackles. All right, so I think the, the takeaway is that our bench just simply weren't good enough on the weekend. Um, once we went away from that style of play that got us those three tries in the first half, um, we just, you know, simply fell away. Um, by, the, by the same token, though, it's far from the end of the world. It's just round well, one. Well, that's what I was just about to get onto. It's only round one. Um, there's been some seriously hot takes over the weekend. <laughs> um, Waka Blake for Origin for Centre Origin, was... Yeah. Uh, Great. Ben, um, ben, Hunt, ben Hunt's made a mockery of the Broncos and all that sort of stuff. It's like, uh, Tigers have the best pack in the NRL. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we just need to take it a week at a time now. Um, obviously, the boys are going to be disappointed after that effort. Um, you could see it in the press conference. Uh, that you, both. You know what I'm sick of? You know what I'm sick of? Shoot, I'm B, s- PM, you're back. Oh, my I'm God, back. it's PM. I'm really sick of our captain, Tim Manor, copping it on social media every time we lose. If anybody <laughs> in their brain would look at the stats and see he was one of our best players on Sunday, if not our best. Yep. You don't and even he have cops to look it at the every week. No, you can just see the metres he made. Like, he probably didn't play enough minutes, and maybe that's a match fitness thing because it's early in the season. But he was, he was our best forward, if not our best player on the ground. And I'm so sick of you so-called fans bagging him week after week. That's my rant for the week. There we go. Fire up the <laughs> I think, I think and, and further to that, we mentioned it, but the scoreboard was telling, wasn't it? 14-0 while Manor and Alvaro were the props in the middle, and then 24 answer points while they were off, or essentially while they were off. By the time they came back on, the, the tide had turned so severely and the team was so gassed that there wasn't much they could do to rest the momentum. Yeah, well, Brown, Alvaro, and Timmy um, were all our meter readers, plus 100-meter games. Uh, a lot of tackles. I don't think they had... Any missed. If that did, it was only one or so. Um, yeah, I think it was simply our bench was completely outplayed down the ruck because they just dropped too much ball. Um, you saw those stats, 30 minutes playing defence in the second half in that heat. It's no excuse because the Panthers played uh, without the ball in the first half in the heat and they just ran over the tops of us in the second half. So I guess the heat doesn't really play into it, but Gee, it was hot. <laughs> it was so yeah. hot. <laughs> Sitting out there for uh, yeah. three games. I think. I think what officially it was in the low thirties, but God, it felt so much hotter than that. It was a in the sun. Time. It was yeah, hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was alright with the aircon, so I was loving it. <laughs> I, I, I impressively managed to get really burnt in my left forearm and nowhere else. So I don't know how I managed that because I applied sunscreen equally and was um sort of had the arms hidden under a, a second jersey. But I uh, yeah, I got torched on my left forearm. 
Yeah, I, I slip, slop, slapped. I reapplied six times just with all, you know, because you're sweating a bit as well. But I do get a little bit of burn around my watch where I must have got it underneath. And it, it was awesome to see a packed house for that game. I know we didn't get to bust out the parachant like we would have hoped to, but seeing a, a big sort of rivalry, a big derby opening up the uh, the NRL uh, in round one, that was awesome. Going back to the Pan- um, talking about the game, the difference between Panthers and us, like in the first half when they had no ball, their backs were dominating the run. So like Dellon with team Zelezniak had two runs in one set, then Mansour, then Wonga Blake. So their forwards were resting in attack. So that's and our forwards that, weren't doing that. You that know, was one our, area our, in which I thought Avaa was a bit disappointing on Sunday. Yeah. He he didn't bring that. Certainly you know, he's missed. In the, um, he's in the team uh, as that big body to get your set started, and he couldn't reproduce that for whatever reason. Miss, it might have just been an certainly off missed Rad Radra. But we've got to look past that, and maybe the signing of Josh Mansour might uh, not help that out. Mm, fingers yeah, crossed. Knock, <laughs> knock on wood, that would be a pretty useful um, pickup. And sorry, Ham, did you want to say something then? Hammy, Hammy boy? No? Okay, moving on. <laughs> You're making this awkward now, Ham. Oh, Hammy's just <laughs> dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't hear him. He was just saying, do you have anything to add, um, Ham, because he saw your mic flicking Oh, on. no, I just said fingers crossed to the uh, Josh Mansour rumour. Yeah, very, very much so, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a great pick-up. Um, there was a bit I of, to... I mean, sorry, I was going to say, I didn't hear it at the ground, but apparently it got a bit of run elsewhere online, but there was a bit of talk that the deal was, at the game itself, the deal might have been done and maybe for this year as well, but it wasn't exactly pristine mail or anything, but that was what was coming out. Yeah, well, that's what, like any rumour, I think we just need to, to take our time. Everybody, you know, says that their source is the best and most people are just talking out their ass. So until it's in black and white and it's all signed up, um, I guess we just have to wait and see. Um, the other talking point, um, just to touch on the game lastly, was uh, Bevan French. Whilst he was fantastic under the high ball and, and whatever else, I thought he just had to cover so much ground to make up for our... Uh, two wingers uh, to make sure he was back there. He got taken out um, in the air twice, one of which was penalised. So he had a lot of work to do in defence, and that's something that BA is going to have to pay attention to going forward because you can't have a fullback having to make up for two wingers that are a bit shaky under the high ball. Um, I I think he was definitely shadowing that left side a fair bit. I think Hoffman, Hoffman did a decent job under the... I think he had two or three bombs that he had to take under pressure. He ended up being all right. But I, did Avara take any kicks on Sunday? I don't think he did. I think no. one. I think one. Yeah. One? He's not, yeah. he's not a winger of... Uh, it's like Chuck and Jennings on the wing. He's just... He, he's not comfortable. Like, I don't think he can even catch under the ball, you know. Like, the sooner we get a, a truly recognised winger, the better we'll be. 100%. In that side of the 100%. Well, I think that might be the change once Gutho comes back. And on to that news, um, Gutho slated back to be, is it round eight or nine yeah, now? He said round, round eight. eight. Round eight tentatively. Yeah, well, I guess he can't get back quick enough um, that's, if that's going to that be an issue past, going forward. That puts him past the nine-month window, which I think if you follow on Twitter, NRL Physio said every month after, is it seven or six or something, it improves your, like... Your your risk of not reoccurring that injury by like fifty percent every month. So if he's back round eight, we versus Tigers that week. So oh God, talk, talk about a revenge game there after he did his knee against them last year. Yeah, if not round nine, we've got uh, Sharks. So I mean, Be- Bevan will do a great job until then. He came like desperately close to nearly getting us back in the game 
um, down that right edge when he was just held up from putting the ball. That's down right. The he was he, he had his arm over the line, but just couldn't get it down. Uh, and you know he he was actually he was like bumping players around when he was running the ball. He knocked over Cleary once or twice, yeah. and was you know breaking a few tackles. So he'll be he'll be good. It's just a matter of, as you said, Hamish, of trying to juggle that workload for him because they're really, really taxing him. And I think it was the last big break that led to the was it led to Mitch Moses getting no, it wasn't the Mitch Moses Simbini. It was after that when he was back on the field. There was a big break down our right edge. He made the big cover tackle and he was just like gassed after that. He was on his haunches. I think he might have winded himself, but he was sucking it in after you know just trekking up and down, left and right across the entire field all game. Yeah, so next week I think the big focus in the um the the training this week will be line speed and marker defence because both of those were sorely lacking in the second half. Getting back to the fundamentals. That's it. Um round one. Uh lots to look forward to. A couple of foot in mouth uh predictions from um <laughs> the preseason. From perhaps everyone. a bit optimistic. <laughs> um poor him, uh undefeated until round twelve. And that gets shot down in the that sky um, after round one. Until round 13, so. I thought about Ooh. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the Norman one, so. Can't make um, crazy predictions if you missed the podcast, thinking. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, to all those Panthers trolls out there, uh, we play you in round five. Uh, I wouldn't uh, be holding up the West is ours until after we at least play the two games. Um, so hopefully we can get back in round five We're at ANZ, pack out our ANZ Or at least have a pretty big crowd there And get the chocolates that time Alright, well this will wrap up the preview pod um, So I think in the uh, interest of not prolonging them too much We might just do the plugs at the end of the preview pod um, So for now, we'll leave you there um, Thanks from Birdie, Forty, Ham and PM with his rant um, unfortunately, his internet, uh, it dropped out, but he managed to get in um, his uh, love for our captain, Timmy Manor. See you later. Okay, cheers, boys. See, see, see you, guys. See you guys.